This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 310, recorded on May 18th, 2017. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in here. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy Entertainment Studios in a very, very stormy Bellevue, Nebraska. I think we have had, Mike, it seems like we've had one thunderstorm after another rolling through town. Kevin, I know it's coming to you, too, but Mike, uh, any damage? We had some, we had, we had big storm on, uh, was that Tuesday? Yeah, 95 mile an hour straight line winds. Uh, yeah. Besides the fact that my trash cans were no longer anywhere in sight. Um, besides that, no, I don't think we had any damage, but I know some people that did trees that crushed cars and everything, not from any tornadoes though, which is weird. I've never, actually, I think that was one of the first times like I had experienced that where the tornado sirens were going, not because of tornadoes, but because of straight line winds. Yeah. Very dangerous thunderstorms. Kevin, they're coming, they they hit us and then they hit you. Have you guys uh, had much damage for what the thunderstorms? Um, to either side, north and south of us, um, if you kind of follow, probably drawn a line from kind of your vicinity up uh, to the north, uh, northeast, uh, over in western Wisconsin, where I grew up, they got hit. A little, little town called Chatek over in Barron County got uh, nailed by uh, tornadoes and uh, re- really, and is the case, uh, went right for the trailer parks as they are apt to do. Um <clears throat> So a lot of damage there. And then in southern Wisconsin, down by Fort Atkinson, I think they got hit really hard down there too. So stomping grounds down there. And it was kind of a, a kind of a two-way split there, how it uh, broke up. But uh, yeah, At last night we had some real nasty wall clouds heading this way, uh, but uh, off and we didn't see much out of that. So, Well, it's, it's that time of the year here in the Midwest. Uh, it's storm season and, uh, the, we're, all the newscasters go wild and break in <laughs> as long as they can. And it's really funny. Cause I, I don't know about, about uh, your neck of the woods, Kevin, but here in Omaha, they'll break in, in the spring, this part of the spring, let's just say May, maybe early June, they break in whenever they can. And then if we have this kind of weather in July, nobody cares and they just <laughs> stop. Like we can have a huge storm. Nobody even knows it's coming. And, and I think they get sick uh, and tired of doing that. But uh, weather's here, at least in the Midwest, weather's a big, a big deal for everything that we do. And it was uh, our first big storm of the year. Um, and so uh, it's always exciting. I was coming up 10th Street, Mike, as I was going home, I came up 10th Street and Big Hill, kind of one of our bigger hills in town. And a gal was running down this way. And in the time I thought, ooh, I hope it doesn't start too then that wind just whoosh <laughs> passed me by that point in time. I thought, oh, man, she just – and that was garbage cans and leaves. Oh, yeah. Sand and dirt and rooftop stuff was just flying across the street. And so it was a big deal. Rennie, Rennie says weather's porn. Weather porn is big here, too. So, yeah, we – I don't know what it is about the weather. I have this weather tweet. I get all kinds of responses on it every every day. I, just about every day I get somebody to respond to my weather tweet. What is it about the weather that binds us together? Well, anyways, uh, if you like the weather, we're glad you're in the right place. You can uh, – don't don't forget, uh, we'll have show notes available for you for this show as well, out at the average guy. Um, dot TV. Don't uh, forget also, if you want to get the app, we got a free app sponsored by LastPass. Of course, they've been good friends, and if you need a password – uh, a password solution and who doesn't with all the um, passwords we have to create and everything that's going on. 
LastPass says that available for you at lastpass.com. We'll thank them for their sponsorship of that. Don't forget, also, we're commercial-free now on YouTube. So if you watch any of the YouTube videos that I have at TheAverageGuy.tv, we hit 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. Uh, but if you had, thank you for doing that, by the way, for those of you who subscribed uh, to it. But we are commercial-free on the YouTube channel. If you want to support us in any way, you can send uh, click on the Patreon link at TheAverageGuy.tv. It's the upper right-hand corner, first box right there, Patreon. We got one and five dollar pints, really anything in between, whatever you want to do. It's great. It all helps and it allows us to do the things that we do here. If you want to support the show and last week I read off everybody on the list. And so we appreciate your patronage as well. And then don't forget the affiliate link, the Amazon affiliate or the average guy tech scholarship fund, as we like to call it is alive and working and actually is working. Yay. So it's back in action. And if you want to support the show that way on Amazon, just go to the average guy.tv Head over to the Amazon link right below the Patreon one. Just click on it on your way to Amazon. That's really the easiest and the most legal, according to Amazon, <laughs> way way to get that done. They won't bust me for that one. And uh, and so that banner is out there, uh, theaverageguy.tv. All right. We want to talk some home automation tonight. Thanks for putting up with all that stuff uh, out in front of the show. We're going to talk a little home automation tonight. We got Kevin Schoonover on. Kevin's a good friend of the show and been here a bunch of times. Kevin, welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having for me back. back. No, good to, good to have you on. Mike uh, Weger is back as well, although his summer schedule is going to be a little if this, then that. We will see how that uh, kind of works out. But, Mike, welcome back. And a lot more if than that. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. Glad to be back. On the weeks that I can be here, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's good to have you. How's the, how's the drone business treating you? It's, you know, we have these two big airports in Omaha. Uh, well, big is relative. We have Offutt Air Force Base and Epley. And when you make a five-mile radius circle around each of those, kind of takes a lot of the east side of Omaha out of the picture. And I learned that recently um, from a client down in Bellevue. And pretty much all of Bellevue is pretty much off limits, essentially, with because uh, you cannot take off from your drone. But other than that, a lot of fun and doing pretty well. Well, and you were saying, you know, um, you were saying in the pre-show, like, okay, you might, if it was close to the line of Epley, you might, which is our, the Omaha airport. If you're flying into Omaha, our airport's called Epley Airfield. Right. Call it that old name. But if you're off at Air Force Base, right out my door, it's just, I'm, I live in the Bellevue community and it's just right out my back door. You, you would be a little more concerned about maybe pushing the boundary, would you, down here? Yeah, I mean, off at Air Force Base is where the president came during 9-11. I mean, it's a very secure area that I just don't want to mess with. So I'm, I was definitely, I was doing the pre-flight routine for one of my customers. Like, oh, sorry, like I, I didn't even notice this is in that radius, and I'm not messing with off it. Yeah. I might take a risk on the local airport, but not on the Air Force Base. Mark Robson asks, can, can you call for permission? Is there the ability to call the you airport? You can. Um, word is that most people don't get a call back, and they don't answer. <laughs> so you can call the tower and ask for permission, um, but usually you have to do it days in advance. Um, you need a lot of information on it, uh, but they don't like to. They don't like to call you back on drone for drone pilots. And I imagine that's unscalable with as many people that are flying those things. Right. Um, at this point, uh, there have been a lot of drone footage of Omaha, so of downtown Omaha. So that, you know, it's not to say you can't do it. And the odds of getting caught are actually probably pretty small. But if you're doing it for hire, if you're making money off it, doing it commercially, you're not just some guy who can plead, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. When you actually have the license, you're supposed to know what you're doing and supposed to know the rules. So uh, there wouldn't be getting out of it. You're such a pro. That's why we rely on you for great legal advice. Kevin, have you gotten into drones at all? I, I've, <laughs> I, I'm a voyeur. <laughs> I, I tend to post all the deals on drones. I, uh, 
have several friends that work at Intel. I just shot the uh, the link to Intel's uh, industrial strength uh, eight drive Falcon drone. Uh, so I, I, I'm very enamored with it. Um, my family's still uh, very much into agriculture, and my nephew's pretty much taking over the crop farming into the business and. Uh, it, it's he's really looking at um, how he can start using that where um, porn right now is still at a decent price. So he's renting lots of land that is a distance from where he lives. So it's one of these where you fields, what if you could just pull up, put the drone out and instead of walking the 80 acres, 100 acres of land, uh, what if you put the drone up and you could check the fields that way? Yeah, that my father-in-law wants to actually, he's like, oh, I could count the cattle from my backyard instead of driving yes. out and making sure they're all there and nothing's gotten out. So because the it's not too far away from the house, but close enough that you can fly the drone. And he was actually pretty interested in that aspect of it. Well, in, in police force, uh, in, in the uh, uh, many years ago, my uh, one, of, one of our farms is a couple miles, probably three miles from the home farm. My brother pulled in there to cut some hay and uh, police, a sheriff's car pulled up and um, wanted to talk to him and hear what had happened was um, people had planted marijuana plants in between the corn rows in one of his cornfields way back in the corner. And uh, my brother <laughs> said, well, how, how did you, you know, A, it's not mine. Is right. it good stuff or and, yeah? And yeah. It was, well, was it good or bad? <laughs> well, and it was well. How do you, how do you guys find it? And they said, "Hey, we fly at night. Um, marijuana looks hotter to an infrared camera than corn does, and that's how we pick it up." So now law enforcement is looking at drones from everything from spotting marijuana growing open in fields, which not that many people do most people who grow it illegally grow it in houses under grow lights um, but also the the chemical signatures of like uh, people cooking meth and what that might give off so the drone hand in hand with some of these really elaborate sensors is kind of opening doors to helping law enforcement helping agriculture you know helping a lot of uh, a lot of different areas I never thought of hijacking a farmer's field where they may not see it for a week. Right. I didn't think about that either. <laughs> I never in a million years would have thought to do that. I got well, a new idea for my uh, father-in-law's farm. There you go. <laughs> I want to check the corners of your fields. Yeah, so, right. Uh, you, you never know. Of course, we had talked. We had Mike, uh, Mike Howard and Mark Robson on 303. So if you go HGG 303, um, we talked extensively about drones in that show. And I think, uh, Kevin, I think the drone technology is advancing super fast. I mean, I just, it seems like drone design and different kinds of drones. I watched a video the other day that actually lifted a, a, a person up in the air with the drone. He held yep. on to it. It took him up, I don't know, 100 feet. And then, and then he, he was already on top of a pretty tall building. Then he went up even a little bit higher and he jumped from, from the drone. And I, I didn't realize, I mean, that's a couple hundred pounds. That, that these things are carrying. So they must be getting some pretty good carrying capacity too. Yeah. They're the, the lift on them is, uh, is it, it, it's amazing, uh, you know, and it's kind of driven by battery technology and motor technology. Um, they're able to get so much more power out of a lighter weight battery. It's really kind of changing that market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, super interesting stuff. And Mike, thanks for catching us up on, on what you're doing uh, there as well. Again, 303, if HGG 303, if you want to, 
check out that show Mike and Mark uh, jumped on. We're going to have them on later in the summer. We're back to barbecue, so we're going to catch up on we're going to catch up with those two on barbecue, and uh, and it's going to be a good show. Kevin, you had mentioned on in our Facebook group uh, the other day. I think uh, that you think we birthed the idea of the kitchen PC that was uh, officially named. Is that right? Am I following that right? I I, I believe it. I don't think the you know I'm sure sure somebody used the term. I'm going to put a PC in my kitchen, but I I think it was right here. Um, when uh, it was kind of when Windows 8 hit, you, you and I both kind of wandered off and found these Windows 7 based touchscreen HP all in one computers that no, nobody liked them because Windows 7 wasn't very touchscreen friendly. And you throw Windows 8 on it and it worked pretty good. And uh, you could have it on the counter there. I've had many different iterations of that. So, yeah, I believe I believe you should be getting royalties on the uh, on the term. You should trademark kitchen PC. Should have trademarked that thing. Hey, uh, Uyghur, maybe you, you can go. You can go in with me on this thing. Let's go for it. Yeah, <laughs> Figure out how to do the legal stuff. Well, Kevin, you had in, you had said the other day. This was a couple of days ago. You know, hey, this would be a good monitor. You put a monitor deal in the Facebook group. By the way, Kevin does that from time to time. If you're listening to the show, you're not a part of the Facebook group. Go to Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/average-guy. I think oh, I should probably. I should probably know that off the top of my head. I don't talk about it very often, but it is a group. We don't get a ton of traffic out there. And if you are if you don't like the traffic on Facebook groups very often, this is a good group to join because maybe a couple conversations a week. Facebook.com slash group slash the average guy. We get you to our group and just ask to join and put you in there. But Kevin, you had thrown a 22-inch ViewSonic uh, touchscreen monitor, let's say 190 bucks, And then you said, pair it with a kangaroo. Now I have. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I have. I paired it with our kangaroo, uh, Mike. You and I have. I think similar mm-hmm. two gig, whatever, whatever that mobile processor is in there. Kevin, Windows 10 crushes that um, for me. Absolutely crushes that uh, CPU that's in there, and gets my device. I have it out in the open, sitting on my desk. It gets the box the temperature of the sun. I mean, it is super, <laughs> super hot. Now imagine I had mounted it to the wall. And there's like this, you know, there's like this much room between the, cause I put it on a bracket and then in the kitchen, you want that, you want that a touch screen is just up against the wall, just as close as you can get. In fact, I probably should have embedded it into the wall, but we're removing. So I'm not, not <laughs> building anything in at this point. And there was not enough space for that kangaroo to get enough air. And it was uh, just, and then of course, it, the hotter it gets, the, the more the performance decreases. And it was getting to the point where it wasn't even responding to the touch screen anymore. And I took, uh, so Brian, Brian Auer, he had recommended, oh, two years ago, I think, these Dell Mini, I think they're 3050s, that have four gig of RAM as opposed to the two that comes in the Kangaroo. And I think a little bit better of a mobile processor, and we put an M2 drive in there, 128 gig M2 drive. And I put that thing back there, which is the exact width of what I had been Oh, that was available to me back there. And I actually use the TV to kind of hold the device in place, you know? So it's it's back there abutting between the wall and the device. Man, that thing is running like a champ. So I don't know, Uyghur, I know you haven't been testing your kangaroo extensively, but I think Windows 10 puts too much of a load on those with two gig of RAM. And I don't know why it would, but it's just, they get super hot. Any, Mike, any feedback on yours? Well, yeah, I switched over to Linux <laughs> and it works great. It doesn't, it, it's because I was having the same problem. It was super hot. Um, and then once I had that other machine, now I have another machine downstairs running Windows 10. So I didn't need it to be a test machine anymore. 
switched over to Linux and it runs great. So depending, I guess, on what you want to run, if there are Linux compatible apps, the Kangaroo might be back in play, right? If you could run on Linux, you might be okay. But yeah, if you need to run Windows 10, I don't think the Kangaroo is going to be the solution. Yeah, Kevin, any thoughts? You know, and I'd have to wonder too if, um, if yeah, it'd kind of be interesting to see about looking into what Windows 10 is doing that's gobbling up um, the performance, if there's ways to throttle things back perhaps. Um, because if, if you think about it, too, the the kangaroo has been pretty popular in these uh, the the changeable notebook thing that kangaroo sells, and and I haven't heard anybody really complain too much about the heat on that. But then that's also kind of a glorified tablet application, so you're really mm-hmm. not pushing much much with it. But but yeah, if you think about um, you're driving a monitor off that with the docking station that with the full, huge. you know that that's the full. VGA function running out of that. You're running USB and stuff back and forth. So, but to your point, that's the as as I've had a few different iterations in in my uh, kitchen PC function. That's what I've kind of come back to is these the, the little Dells like you have or HP, Lenovo. Everybody makes these little tiny. It used to be cigar box. They're even smaller than that now. And the idea is you can put it in a cupboard put it in behind something, put it in a cupboard. You just got to run at least one USB and a video type, you know, maybe HDMI, whatever is the right video to it. So cabling onto those is, uh, you know, is kind of one of the, the routes I see is, is working well. So yeah, no, no offense to the kangaroo, but I do think it, it does. That's a pretty heavy workload for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet that touchscreen, you know, it requires an extra USB port to it. It's pulling a lot to drive that monitor. You know, it's a, it's a fairly complex monitor um, with the two connections. Although I'm not going to lie, I've got it down here on my desk. And if I run it for more than 15 or 20 minutes, if I do anything, try to update it, you know, any of that stuff, I'm running um, the fast ring of the, the latest um, Redstone 3, I think, release of Windows. Mm-hmm. Eh, 20 minutes is about the max I can get now. That being said, in the kitchen, that may be about as long as you need uh, to actually just let it run. And I've got it completely shut down. I mean, for the most part, it goes into deep hibernation on my desk. So it gets nice and cool before I use it again. And then, of course, it fires up. It's super fast. And for what I'm using for the testing, the Windows testing, uh, you know, 15 or 20 minutes may be good enough from from that standpoint. But holy moly, if I use it any longer, that thing just <laughs> don't put it in your pocket. <laughs> don't un- you know undock it. You could right undock it, put it in your pocket, take it with you. Not, not that way. You're uh, you're not going to survive. <laughs> um, so it's it's pretty hot. So I think from a kitchen PC standpoint, Kevin, I I'm kind of telling people, you know, either the all-in-ones, which are kind of designed for that, or yep. those smaller, you know, that that uh, that thirty twenty, or I'm sorry, that thirty fifty from Dell has a, you know, has some ventilation around it. It's got some active cooling. There's no fans in it. It's super quiet, and so it's a great, and it's about the width of what you would typically have behind. You know, you got to get the cables in there and some mm-hmm. of those other things, and the the mounts itself, you know, are about that thick. And so they don't, it stands off the wall a little bit. It's been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good one to have up there. Kevin, in your kitchen though, when we think about the evolution of what's the next step in the kitchen PC, um, I've been messing with Cortana a little bit in there, but what do you think as we think about getting to the next step? What do we need? And 
so from from form factor, I I'm, I've kind of been all over the place, and I think it's got to fit your kitchen. I I like what you did with the, you know, kind of the visa mount and and putting things up that way. I had traditionally always had um, all in ones sitting on counters, and uh, that my my wife is uh, vetoing that just because it takes up too much space, and I and I agree with her. It does. If we remodel the kitchen. I, I would intend to have a spot where there's some type of compute device. Um, and I don't see Brian in chat, but uh, wh what I've gone to for my kitchen PC now, I'll throw a, a link in. Uh, Brian had recommended one of these uh, under counter, uh, un under cabinet tablet mounts. Uh, Home Depot carries a few of them. And it's a little fold away deal. You can put a, a nine or 10 inch tablet on and I just grabbed, uh, as I have way too many Windows tablets laying around, um, this is a HP Omni 10. And uh, in there, and to your, your point, Jim, I, I wanted something I could fold up, get, get out of the way, pull it down, um, you know, get a recipe on it, um, talk to it with Cortana. Um, I use Wonderlist a lot for groceries and to-dos and things like that. So I'm in a mode right now of kind of, downsizing a bit and heading um, direction. Um, but I, I think the key point there is it gets into this voice function is we all loved Star Trek, the original one, when you could talk, talk to the computer. And and I think things are starting to happen now where um, it it's working uh, better than it had. And it's actually useful to the point that you can do things with it. Yeah, are you using? Are you to the point where you're using Cortana at all uh, for search, or and what are you finding? Um, so let me ask you that first. You, are you using Cortana at all? I uh, I'm I'm using Cortana mainly for simple search functions, and uh, it it ties into Wonderlist perfectly. So, uh, you know, adding groceries, adding to dos, adding things, um, and and. Uh, not to get too far out here, but uh, you know, Microsoft is touting their home hub. Um, I think that's where Cortana would really shine because that's going to be the communication function for home hub. And that's where they want to tie family calendars together. And they're apparently working very tightly with Iris and Insteon and uh, smart things and have that be the control function as well. Yeah, and they need to because it, today it's 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 a it's a non-starter. Doesn't their home automation connections are terrible? Yeah, and non-existent really, to be honest with you, for the most. Yep. Part. So you've got to. I have found Cortana to be really really helpful in measurements, in distances, in hey, uh, what's my route look like on the way to work? Um, it, it's got a the their map functionality is pretty good. You mentioned lists, although we use the Amazon device exclusively for lists that just seems to be the best way for us to get that done but that seems to work pretty well you know kind of on both sides i do think um when we talk about home automation control or lights or some of those kinds of things cortana's got a way to go so you've got this windows 10 pc in the kitchen that's really good at search and productivity stuff it'll read emails and those kinds of things not really good at anything else and so hopefully i think we've got to get better home automation in the future mike what are you where do you guys land in the Uyghur household on on that speaking to things? Well, that's it's interesting because I try not to use Siri very often because it makes me frustrated when I have to use Alexa. 
because the amount of things Alexa is just so limited and we love Alexa. Like we are all Amazon Echo. Um, and I'm kind of regretting all my purchase of all the dots because I have like now four Echo devices throughout the house. But um, for example, when Alexa just released their calling feature this month, so you can call front, you can say, hey, call mom. Well, it, there's a huge asterisk there. It's you can call other people with Echoes in their home and it can call the Echo or the other person, you could call their cell phone, but they have to have the Alexa app on their phone. Even like, no, it's just, it's a total non-starter. I'm never going to do that unless in, in the one case where maybe my parents did have the Echo in their home and we did a lot of calling that way, maybe I would try it out, but uh, not very often because I'm usually calling their cell phone anyway. So um, in that regard though, it's getting me really excited for the rumor that Apple is going to come out with their own hub because it, it makes sense more like you see with Google and Apple where they already have the mobile ecosystem. I can start a call, end a call, do everything from my Mac uh, because it connects back to my phone. Um, I can do it from my iPad. All of my devices connect to each other. So it doesn't matter what Apple device I'm on. I can make and receive calls from my phone number just like normal and, and no asterisks, right? Like I don't, they don't have to have an app. They don't, it's not FaceTime. It's an actual call. So I'm excited for a home hub device from Apple only because that's the ecosystem I'm in. If I had another ecosystem, I'm sure I'd be, you know, Google Home or um, whatever it is for Windows. But, you know, it's it's one of the things of, I'm really glad that Alexa came, you know, the, the Echo became so popular because it forced all the other companies to realize that, hey, this is actually a real thing. Like people like this. They like being able to talk and the microphone on those things, you just can't beat them. Like mine actually compete. They're in two separate rooms and they will actually both hear me. And that's actually sometimes a problem. They're almost too good because one in a room that I'm not even in will pick me up before the one in my room does. So their microphones are almost actually too good. So that's where I'm at right now with those ones. Have you completed a call? Have you done a call on them yet? No, because I don't know anyone. (laughs) Well, you know, I was just thinking. I know you. Maybe I should try calling you. Yeah, I probably should. Kevin, have you, do you have Have you set it yours up yet though, Jim? I have, I've set up. Yeah, I've set it up on the app, but I haven't attached it to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I set it up on the app too. I think it pulls your contacts, right? Here's the deal. Like I am, and, and, and Kevin, I'd be interested in how you're handling this. Like I almost never call anybody blind. I always text them first and say, hey, are you around? Can I call you? Uh, It's so weird. Like, you know, we all, well, you didn't, Mike, but Kevin, you and I grew up in the 80s. You just call Mm -hmm. somebody. Like, you didn't care if they were available or not. It was going to ring, ring, ring. And if they were lucky, they had voicemail, right? They had a machine, right? Whatever that is, an answering machine. Um, And you would just call. But uh, somehow I've gotten into this habit now, even at work, I ping them on IM first. And say, hey, you got a second for a call? So, uh, Kevin, are you you in that same boat? I mean, do you, do you ask before you call? You know, when it comes to Skype, video chat, any of that kind of stuff, I, I do find, I, and maybe it's thinking about it from a business point of view, is it, it was always sending a meeting invite of, hey, let's have a web meeting or let's get together here to discuss this. Um, I kind of from a personal communication point of view, if I just want to ping somebody, uh, I text them on text. And if the conversation rolls into something where, or, or, you know, or we'll, you know, a cell phone call, but if we're going to do like a video chat kind of deal, it almost turns into an invitation kind of function of saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's, uh, let, let me send you an invite. We'll hop on Skype and continue this conversation. Yeah. Mike, you're a millennial. 
Are you, you, yeah, and I'm a weird one though. Like we're, I'm even more, we're even more obtrusive. Like with our friends, like we, uh, we just FaceTime each other, like in, like without the invite text, just like, Hey, FaceTime. Yeah. And, so that's, that's traditional. You just, that would be the traditional way. You just call somebody. You right. Would, so, so that's very traditional, but it's even more like with the video, right? Like they might be going to the restroom, but it, it's, that's mainly between me and my guy friends that I roomed with for six years. Like it's your guys. Like if I am going to the restroom, I'll still answer and you'll just get to, you called me, man. Like I didn't, you shouldn't have FaceTimed me if you didn't want to, you know, this sort of thing. So, uh, but with everyone else, you know, my parents will just call back and forth, but you're right with most other people. It's a text first or a text kind of like Kevin said, a text conversation. And if it flows into something that needs to be discussed further, we'll just, okay. Yeah. Hey, let's take this to a phone call. But other than that, actually, no, I'm pretty traditional. Like just call them when you need to call them. Yeah, no, I almost always check first. It's it's the weirdest thing. It's just like, hey, you got some time, and and I like to do a video call. And if they say no, and I, we can only IM, all right, well, then you stay on IM. So it's this kind of the level of communication now where it starts maybe right. in IM, and then maybe go to audio if they can, and then video if, if that's available. And the calling thing for me, it wasn't the big feature for Alexa. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for texting really, hey, text someone this, text someone that, because how often are you going to want to have a conversation with someone and have everyone else in the house hear what you're talking about? Even yeah. if it's even if it's not like sensitive information, it's just, a, it's just like intrusive to everyone else. Like, hey, I don't want to, hey, I'm watching TV or I'm doing this, like go be on your phone somewhere else and don't have me listen to this conversation. So it's just not something I think I would use, but I want it for the other features of um, texting and stuff like that. Kevin, don't you think they Amazon went that direction because they could? Like, it was, a, it was a natural conclusion and they just could. Well, and it's, it, it, it's so uh, a few minutes ago, you, you brought up a good point of, so I, I, I don't have an Alexa device. I just, uh, you know, I think, I think it's great technology. I've just not jumped into uh, Amazon, you know, infrastructure for the most part. I am a prime uh, guy, but I, I just haven't dove into it. Um, the positive side is uh, Mike's absolutely right the the microphone system the speaker system the functionality of it is phenomenally good and i think that has really helped a lot of folks work their way into home automation mm -hmm. because it sets in the center and can be that glue and and it makes home automation easier to use the issue I kind of keep coming back with is even though it's evolved into that, I don't think that's what Amazon wants that device to be. And, uh, you know, I look at, you, you mentioned you've got way too many dots uh, floating around now and everybody seems to be just excited about the Amazon echo show. And I looked at it like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's $229 for uh, what looks like it, uh, you know, if you guys remember the Chumbi or the uh, Sony Dash that uh, kind of failed trying to head in that same direction. And uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure the use case for the show. And I might, I might be totally naive there. What, what are, what are your guys thoughts on, on it's Cortana? Like it's, it's a windows Cortana. I mean, it, it's funny. It's that this device has made it's all the, uh, it's way all the way to the PC for the most part. Now it doesn't, it doesn't have compute functions, right? It's all a digital assistant, but I don't know. And, for me, it sounds like it's just Cortana, Mike. Well, yeah. And when like, so for example, when my mom comes over um, to watch Emmett, she goes in the nursery and there, well, that's one of the places that one of this, uh, the dot is. And she would never in a million years, first of all, cause she doesn't keep music on her phone. <laughs> so she, 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 
hates apps, but she would never pair her phone to a Bluetooth speaker, play music, or go grab a CD out of my, like, she just wouldn't do that at my house. But the fact that she can talk to Alexa and have her play music as she's getting him at ready, I, my Spotify list is just full of all the things that she listens to in there with him. And she loves it just because she can say it and do it. So it's more to me a, it's a very big music, but then home automation too. We got them for home automation because all of our lights are now hue almost throughout the entire house uh, with the exception of the kitchen. But so it became, okay, I want to be heard everywhere. And then the music factor, and there's just been little things here and there uh, that we use it for, but you're right. It is for what it does. Um, and you might be totally right that Amazon, this isn't their intended area for home automation, but that's what it is for me. And I was, and I, I was decently happy with the price I paid for it. I, I, I mean, it's a little high, but it works. Well, and, and you, you, but you bring up an excellent point is when, you know, and this is where I kind of have to critique myself a bit is when Echo Show first popped up, a couple of guys, hey, I'm pre-ordering that. This will be great for uh, the kids being able to talk to grandma. You know, you know, I'll get a pair of them and I'll put one right. at our house and one at their house. And of course, my instant response was, why wouldn't you just give grandma a, a, a $100 tablet of some kind and Skype? between the two of you right and and when i say that it it is back to it's not just dollars and cents it's amazon has done a great job of you don't you know you'd have to talk to jim's point from a few minutes ago you'd have to call grandma tell her to get the tablet out right is it on is it is, is it, it on charged up? you know Tap tap on that button to get skype up because i'm going to call you on the skype thing and what Amazon has done a fantastic job is it's almost a different compute ecosystem for um, a different user, a, a user who would, you know, if, if I brought up, Hey, just get grandma a tablet. It's like, well, that, that ain't going to work, you know? Um, so and Jim, to your point, I think this does head into Cortana voice assistant kind of territory and all, I, I kind of see all these guys as really, staking out their area right now and really trying to jump on it. Um, what, you know, and I obviously a, a Microsoft fan of a lot of the technology. One of the things I think that from the Microsoft event that was just, was it build here just a week or two ago? Um, it's become very, um, I'm very aware that Microsoft's mobile strategy now is obviously not Windows phone. It's making the mobile experience on Android and iOS better. So they're really pushing their application suite and and they're really working on how this home hub technology ties into Android phones and tablets and iPads and iPhones. And, uh, and of course, they want to drive Cortana on that as well. But Mike, to your point, I think um, kind of did the home kit thing for home automation. And then you really don't hear a ton about it. You hear about people who my stuff is home kit compatible. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for Apple, but I think Apple has kind of pulled, I think Apple pulled back on home automation because for Apple to really drive behind something, it's gotta be, it's gotta work. And not all home, not all home automation works right now. It's, got to be drop dead simple and it would have to be if i was an apple user and i 
you know, really embrace Siri, Siri would have to work with all that HomeKit stuff. I, that, that would just be my expectation that this stuff would all work together. So I, I think it, it Apple does. is probably getting it ready. It does work pretty well. And I think you're right. I think they're getting ready. I think they've kind of been slowing, getting ready for whatever their home hub, you know, is, device is right because siri does work really well actually and if if i'm in the garage the one place i don't have my echo uh i will use siri because she connects to my home kit my home kit knows everything where you know where everything's at so i, I was wondering that same exact thing though of why they did slow down because they did kind of stop talking about it maybe they set the stage and everyone wants to be compatible with apple because they're the big guy so everyone got home kit compatible and then maybe now they're just going to be like bam now we have a ton of stuff that's ready here's our hub it's all good to go. But, you know, I was thinking about the, when you're talking about the Amazon show and with grandma and everything like that, I just don't know if the scalability is there, right? Because they have to have a show. That's the only device um, between those two that you have to have. Whereas if Apple just says, hey, we have a show device too, and it uses FaceTime. So anyone with an iPad, a Mac, anything can, can also FaceTime you. And instantly it's already gotten millions and millions yep. more users. So I don't know. I just, I, I won't invest in that. And um, my dad actually sent me the link. He's like, oh, this would be pretty cool. I'm like, let's just wait because one of the ecosystems that we already have is going to have it. And then we don't, we're not restricted to just that device to device. Right. So, yeah. You know, I wonder, I set it up the other day. Let's try this. Echo. Call Mike Weger. Jim Collison, right? No, see. No, that's the only, that must be, I must not have set you up. Echo stop. I, um, I must Sorry, not. Have, I couldn't find a contact matching now. So I might just need to set you up uh, to be able to get that. I wondered, I didn't import in my contact list, but I might not have you in there. So I got to go in there. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, think I don't I think I have you in mine either. I think it's all like Facebook and... But how Google. weird would that be if you and I were set up and I just called you on... Okay, so you got all these, you've got all these dots around the house. They're all right. boring. Like, do you have one in Emmett's room? Yep. Yeah. Am I going to wake up Emmett when I call yep. you? <laughs> I was so, just about to say, don't do that. <laughs> don't stop. Well, that's, so that's a that's a different paradigm. Like, right. you put these dots in. You didn't expect them to be phones. Right. You know, you didn't. And while they could, you know, and Kevin. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to be like, okay, I've started a song in the living room. And as I walk to the bedroom, it senses motion and like switches it to the bedroom echo because it doesn't follow me around the house. I've got these devices in the same ecosystem. Follow me around. Or... The number one thing that my number one request from them is to play music on different speakers, like at the same time, right? Here, check mark this, this, and this, almost like all the other sets of speakers like Sonos and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, to be smarter about presence. And right? I think, yeah. you know, we also need to see uh, uh, smarter about who's talking. So, like, we, we've got to get uh, to this point where when Sarah says something, they know it's her. And when I say something, they know it's me, right? Yeah. I mean, Kevin, don't you think that's... That's really got to be next. I, I I do. And I think the other thing that uh, unfortunately will hinder some of this is um, the, the, you got all these devices in your home and, and I'm a, you know, when it comes to personal privacy, I, you know, when you're in your house, it's privacy. When you're out in public, you're have much for privacy, but all these things are listening. And now we've seen how many cases where local police departments have hit up, uh, you know, Google Home or Alexa 
uh, Amazon through Alexa to say a crime happened. Was the Alexa speaker or what microphone active? And and I think that's been chatter in a lot of areas. So when you talk about you know having a device, um, I I could see there's been a little chatter in the home automation areas about uh, you know a, a command or a basically a stroke to say, shut it, shut it down for the night. You know, I, I don't right. want any incoming calls, any outgoing calls. Um, to think how this voice stuff got started. I, I finally dug through my pile of stuff here and I still have an Ubi. Oh, not the Ubi. <laughs> I, we actually got complaints. Remember when we were messing with that all the time and there were some listeners who were like, <laughs> shut that thing off. So it was, man, it's been a while since we've, uh, we dug the Ubi out. Yeah. Well, Mike, I think for you too, you know, kind of the theme of what we've been talking about on the show is some, you know, what's the next steps, what needs right. to be done to make it good, to make it better. Mike, I think in your case, you need to actually, those dots need to be personalized by room. So you need to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to put this in Emmett's room and I'm going to shut off. Um, for the most part, I'm going to shut off voice activation and, and the speaker here until I turn it on. Right. Deal, right. I mean, you can mute it. And you could go and turn it all the way down. So you could do that manually. Well, there could be a wake word, right? Like during the day, like, you know, a- activate services or something like that. And then like yeah. mute it, mute everything. Yeah. Uh, don't have anything come through it. No. Yeah, that's probably right. And, the, I think, and the ability to play it on all the speakers at once. They're in, they're in my, if I could have, I pretty much have whole home audio with the amount of echoes I have. And they don't allow that though. It's played on one it's or it's played on none. So. Well, and I wonder how many people have more than one. You know, when we think about the population base and, you know, you're, I wonder how unusual or usual you are, right? I have two, right? but you have four. And I, I wonder how many people just have one. So, well, you know, they, go ahead. And, and for example, even if so, like if I'm in the bedroom, Hannah's in Emmett's room and Emmett wants to, she wants to play the lullaby music for Emmett. And I want to switch because we both use Spotify. It doesn't because Spotify says, Hey, we're one account. You have to choose. So I'm like, well, it's just, it just it's not a good system. The, same the Amazon Music would be the same. Would way. it? it would, That's what I was wondering yeah. if I should switch over there. So, or, well, no, no, no. It would say, hey, it's being played. There's many times I've asked for music here, and my daughter's playing it up and on her on the Amazon account. Right. Not even on a not even on a on a device. She's playing it on the on her computer through the Amazon mm-hmm. service, and it'll say, hey, it's playing somewhere else. Do you wanna? Do you want to use it? You know, do you want to stop that there? And I can hijack her or she can hijack me um, without any voice. Well, and there's no authorization on that either. So like right. I could be listening and she, it's my account. I pay for it. We just let her on it because we're good parents, yeah. you know, and, and she could shut me out. I could be listening to something really important. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and I played battle of the Spotify. It was actually pretty funny. So we, me and my, uh, my group in Omaha for KPMG, we were heading down to a training in Kansas city and I was driving, we were taking my car and, I have my Spotify plugged into my phone and I'm playing a song and all of a sudden baby lullaby, like all of a sudden it says, Oh, it's like, wait, the echo dot you're now playing on the echo dot. And my mom's obviously at my house. I'm like, no, no, no. Switch it back to my phone. I want my account. Well, then it starts playing the baby music that was supposed to be playing there throughout the car. And all my coworkers are just, we're and I, I kept switching it. And then my mom was so confused. She goes, <laughs> she texted like your dot is having like issues today. Like she's got an attitude problem. Uh, and, and she says that she'll text me all the time. Well, Alexa was a little moody today. She didn't really understand me just like as a, in a, as a joke, but we were battling over the Spotify and it's like, okay, something's got to be figured out there, especially 
on the prime music, right? All these echoes are on my account. It was, it's very natural that in two rooms, I want to use two different. Well, either the same or two different, right? Or two different. That's what I mean. Two different even. So I don't know. No, right on. Uh, Emily says same thing. If you use Google home for with, if you're using Google play music, Mark's trying to listen to it at work and she's listening and and they'll battle. Right. So exactly. So I actually, what I did is I have a family Spotify account, uh, which is up to five accounts and I had one that was vacant. So now that's my home account. So my home, which still doesn't solve the issue of listening to two different songs on two different echoes, but at least it doesn't stop one of us from listening when we're away from home. Yeah. um, But but you, you strike at the heart, I think of this, of this rights issue, when, you know, we used to think, okay, so streaming was, I mean, think how long it took us to get to streaming and unlimited services because they were worried that you would, you know, you'd spread everybody, listen to everywhere and you'd share your account information. And right. right. And the assumption was you have a phone, pretty much everybody carries one device. That was the assumption today. Yeah. Okay. I've got my phone, but when I get home, I might have a you know, I got a, I got a computer that's enabled, that's voice enabled. I've got an Amazon device that's voice enabled. I might have some other kind of service and I might want to use those. I personally, me, now might have the need for three or four different, it's me still using it. It's me yeah. still hearing it. I'm not cheating, right? Mm-hmm. I, but I, it's me. And so and we have to rethink, I think they have to rethink this. Well, they see, do. And yeah. it's the downfall of streaming, right? They got us away. They fully pulled people away from buying music from iTunes. But let me tell you, if I bought my music on iTunes, I could play five different songs on 10 different devices as much as I wanted and no one would complain about it and it doesn't try and kick me off. So it's it's definitely an issue because you're totally right where they started and where we are now with people on their devices, it's totally different and the whole model doesn't really work anymore. Kevin, are you playing much music at home with, with what you're doing? Um, we... We've got uh, Sonos in pretty much every room of the house. Oh, uh, nice. I've spent I've spent way too much money on it, but uh, love it. Ease 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 of use, and you, I thought of it too when you mentioned your daughter playing uh, from laptop. Uh, my daughter tends to you know the the Android, and <laughs> oddly enough, and I'm not I I really need to spend some time on this, but um, the in Windows should always work with Sonos. It seems to be a little spotty, but on my old original Surface tablet running Windows RT, it works perfect. So of course she's absconded that as her one of her media devices, and she's got a Play Five in her room. Um, and from a music point of view, I mean it's we've got Play Ones in each. Uh, you know, that's the, the master bath and the guest bathroom. Uh, it's the speaker that's uh, somewhat um, moisture resistant. Uh, pretty much have Sonos all over the house. Uh, the interesting thing with Sonos in this play is, you know, they're hitting on a little bit of harder times right now because most folks that have Sonos have as much as they're going to buy. And it's, you know, so Sonos kind of is looking at, well, do they need to be more of a echo type of product that you talk to? Well, and if, if you're going to talk to Sonos, do they just do Siri or do they do Cortana? And I was trying to find the survey here, but at one point Sonos had kind of surveyed um, their customer base and it was, it was this this hard break of traditional Sonos customers uh, when asked, should we put a microphone in the Sonos? 
Sonos devices so you can talk to them? The answer was no. But when they talked to people who did not own Sonos, the answer was overwhelmingly yes. So it's they're in a bit of a weird fix right now of they kind of know what way they got to go, but they're they're kind of questioning which way to get there. Well, it's because the people have already uh, invested forget, a ton of money in it and they don't want to like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. But I have already spent thousands on thousands of dollars on you <laughs> and I don't want to rebuy everything. And a microphone is not a firmware upgrade. That's hardware. <laughs> I know I'm not getting that for free. Yeah, Mike, you mentioned an interesting concept too of of things following you around the house, mm-hmm. and and I think that's you know back to more more of a hard home automation aspect. I think that's kind of one of the next big things too is is the trigger function of of you know something I have on my device and smart things plays a lot with geosensing around your phone, but it's not accurate enough. Um, uh, they seem to be really focusing on Garmin smartwatches and Garmin seems to have really good granularity on location and where it is, but back to like HomeKit, HomeKit's pretty heavily based on low power Bluetooth. That would almost be this perfect interface of just my, my Apple smartwatch, my Garmin smartwatch that's on me. When I enter a room it triggers certain things to happen. Or as I move from room to room, music follows me around. Uh, I I threw something in show notes that are in the um, chat room. Um, Industries has just uh, uh, announced later this year, they're going to have an echo like device that's Cortana based. So, you know, they're, they're starting to get into play from a device point of view that way. And, and like you said earlier, I think it's going to kind of it's going to come down to the ecosystem of what you're trying to where where you're comfortable living and how do you get full functionality out of your ecosystem. Right. Sorry, I got distracted there. Sarah wanted to know if she could start the dryer. <laughs> What's yeah. We we got this fancy new washer. Speaking of uh, home automation bits, holy cow, this thing is like Star Trek for washing machines. <laughs> Really? Like, yeah, you open the lid and it sings to you, a little do 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 do, you know, kind of thing. And then um, it's it's got a timer. I think it's, you know it's got this pretty. She's got it set for two hours from now, and then the thing will kick off and do it. Super quiet. You didn't hear the dryer come on, did you? No, I don't hear it at all. Anyways, so uh, it, yeah, we it was a thousand bucks. So you know, you, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you can get a combo yeah. kit. That's I think. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! It's pretty good. She she looked far and wide. Well, Kevin, sorry, I, I got distracted on. Oh, no, your your bit. Do we kind of? Do you think? Oh, well, when, so we talked a little bit about the home automation piece. I think I was. I wanted to respond to what you said. I'm not sure another device is the way to get to presence. I think connect was was the way to get to it, and and that when you come into a room. You know, a lot of us want home security and why not have, why not marry home security and presence in the same thing? So each room gets a sensor and that sensor is smart enough to know me when I walk into it and, and connect could uh, identify you, you know, the, the Microsoft connect on the, uh, on the mm-hmm. Xbox could identify you pretty well. And we got, we got a ways to go on it, but I think that's, I would rather, cause you know what? I, I get, I get down here and I take my watch. I actually take my I use the band. I take it off and it's charging. <laughs> like this is the time I want it to charge. And then I'll get up and I'll walk to another room and it won't be on. I mean, I don't even wear it in the house for the most part. It's a, once I get outside, it's that kind of watch. 
So I'm I'm a little I'm a little hesitant, Kevin, on having another device that is being used for presence because now I've got to have that damn Apple Watch on my wrist every time I want to do something, right? Or I've got to, and there's just times maybe well, if you I want an Apple Watch you would never take it off. It's <laughs> that awesome. Yeah, well, that's because it's causing cancer. But the uh, no, the uh, um, I'll take it. It's convenient. <laughs> it's Apple cancer. It's the most it's convenient cancer stuff. I could get. <laughs> it's good stuff. No. But in- and, and you touched on something I, I totally kind of forgot through the discussion here of devices is we um, is Xbox. So, you know, when I started digging heavily and more heavily into Cortana, Cortana integration with home automation, I'm smart things here at home. So uh, specifically looking in that direction, things look like they were starting to happen here a year or so ago, and then they kind of stagnated. And, and I have to believe that was around, um, hey, if Microsoft's going to do this themselves with Home Hub, let's just let them do it and we'll integrate into that. Um, but I was a little blown away. Once again, we get back to that kitchen PC concept. I'm still a PC-driven kind of guy, but in the community at SmartThings, it's, when Cortana comes up, it's Xbox. They, they, their interface into that realm of control is through Xbox One. And, you know, so if if Cortana functions the same on a PC as it does on Xbox, which sounds a bit like, and uh, you know, if if Cortana on any device works the same way, then now you've got one more control point, one more listening point uh, you know, to, to act as control in these functions. Well, and maybe the most powerful processor in the house, to be honest, right? When you think yeah. about what you're getting with an Xbox. It's gonna it it's it by nature it's gonna have the most CPU power. It's gonna be a pretty powerful box. So, if you were gonna have any box and you're if you're not a PC guy, I mean think about this. We we're a little bit old school, and Mike, even for your generation, you might be a little old school. You've got more yeah. PC than all of your friends put together, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So you're you're in an I think you're an anomaly, but you got the Xbox, and Colin has an Xbox, right? Yeah. And, yep. And so he's got this really powerful PC, and now that Windows 10 is the same across all those platforms now, both PC and Xbox and right. Well, yeah, but usually the only problem we're running into is nobody's buying the connect anymore. So the microphone and all the sensors you don't have. And usually if you're playing by yourself, you don't have your headset on. So Cortana is one of those things like, well, it's great. If I had the connect, I have the connect, but I actually disconnected it because uh, just space in the cabinet. I wasn't utilizing it as much. So uh, (laughs) you disconnected the connect. (laughs) Well, yeah. And so now, and I can't even find my headset lately. So, um, because I've been wanting to try out Cortana on the Xbox. It's funny you mentioned that because I've been waiting to try it. Yeah, but think about when we think about the home hub concept and we think about the place where you need processing power. The that gaming device, and we think about a home hub, should probably be for most people should probably be where everything comes to be processed. So right. if you're ever going to need anything run, you know, in serious power. Boy, the Xbox uh, is set up nicely, especially with a lot of the Windows 10 services that are available in it. And especially with, you know, it could be on all the time and not, you know, a lot of times it's still, you know, it's in really low sleep mode, whatever it is. So it's not being utilized a lot. So it's sitting there already on in your home. Like mine is always on. And the only reason it it, it grabs the updates and does stuff like that. But if it was doing anything else that was useful, it'd be nice. We could just make it a media center. Oh, 
right? So uh, Tony calls it, it runs the Plex, which is good enough for me. It, no, if it true. could be a Plex server, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. You could run Plex server software on it. That'd be cool. No, uh, I think there's some. I think there's some interesting things there with it. But just as as we think about the hub, and we're moving away from PCs, and we're just doing less of this. We we have these things because we need them, right? I need them for podcasting right. and those things that we do. But let's let's face it, the average consumer, you know, I, I think we just get the right that we get the right processes to the right processor in, in a networked environment where all it, all the devices are working. You know, uh, I just started using uh, the, the, the photo apps inside windows 10 in preparation for this story remix app that's coming from Microsoft. That's going to do all kinds of powerful things to help you put presentations together. And it's got AI tied into it and it indexes all your, your photos for you based on facial recognition and, based on on item recognition within the pictures. So some really cool stuff. And so I, I have a separate VM for Windows 10 that I'm using in the fast ring. And so I, I attach my photos connection to it and it just takes off running, right? I mean, it just goes and it starts churning to start indexing all those pictures and throw things out to the cloud. Well, how great would it be if that was being done on an Xbox instead of done? I mean, I have a high power computer mm -hmm. here, so that makes sense. But if I'm going to say I'm, I'm on a pretty low powered, Kevin, I'm on a pretty low powered Windows Surface tablet of some kind, that's fairly, I don't want that thing running, right? That service should sit on my, where, where the most processing power is that should sit on my Xbox and that should run my photos and index them and then move them to the cloud from there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I, I think we've got to get to a point too, where we get the right devices when we want to do things. It's not, it doesn't always mean it's done locally. You know, sometimes right. it needs right. to, yeah, it, it needs to be smarter. When I, years ago, I, I, I we used to use crystal reports at work. And if, if some of the guys that I'm talking to that are listening right now, know what I'm talking about. It's a report writing engine. And, in the business, right? Business intelligence, this is the early days of BI and you would run reports for the organization. And they actually had an agent that you could put on all the PCs in the business. And then, so this is probably, this is 99, right? 99, 2000. And you could load this client and then tell the server, hey, offload the processing of these reports onto these servers, but, or onto these PCs, but only during these hours. Right. And so well, the whole idea was that you could turn your entire PC infrastructure at work and use it when people aren't there. You know, when you right. could run reports from midnight to 6 a.m. and take advantage of all that distributed power. We still haven't, we, even in our home situations, we have so much power available to us, but because we don't distribute it at all, it's either single, you either single track it or we were running the wrong processes on the wrong device. And you would think by now we'd have a smart enough software to go, hey, I mean, I can see every single network device on my in my network here on Windows 10. Right. You'd think we'd be to a point right now where it'd say, hey, this is a pretty intense process. Do you want to run it on, you know, how about if we run it on this other computer that's faster? They're all Windows 10 boxes. Why does that not work yet? I you think know? that that should definitely be there. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like video encoding and you're, you know, once you get done editing and hey, I got these other computers around the house that aren't doing anything. Yeah, how about artificial want? intelligence in that way? Like that'd be awesome. Where we actually it actually makes some smart decisions about the processing power. It knows the processor I have, it knows the amount of RAM that I have. It could run a test score and say, hey, in all of all the PCs in your network, this one is the best one to run this thing on and make right. some smart decisions. I don't know, Kevin, am I am I crazy? No, no, you're not. 
uh, I think this when you first started heading down this this path, um, you know, I think we did a show some time ago uh, with you on does anybody really need a PC anymore, and and it you know in a lot of cases I think probably everybody in chat has a PC or two or three or five, uh, but if you when we're a special when, audience though <laughs> we are a special audience and and I think in in some ways you know, I I probably use the phrase way too often but when a technology pops up and people say just like a few minutes ago when I couldn't the Echo Show I'm not the intended customer so you think about compute these days your excellent point with the xbox or playstation here's a core high compute device in the house what mike to your point what, that should be the whole media center put, put plex on it have that be mm-hmm. the you know and and is it too far-fetched to think that you would have a way to add a nas onto that device and let it control um you, you know file storage and maybe that's the cloud uplift point so right. you you know go to a crash plan or you know one, one of these services and that's the core in 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 the facility itself so yeah i i think there's there's a lot of room to change and, and jim to your point i think um a lot of us you know find a problem and it's it's like well i could just uh, grab a small pc and have it do that function and once again, we're not the target audience. I, I think the if you had an ecosystem that was, um, you know, very uh, centric around an Xbox doing a lot of this function or a PlayStation or another gaming platform, I, I think people would would gobble that up. I think they'd love that kind of functionality. Yeah. And, you know, why does the PC this at this point, you know, so my sister calls me the other day and she's like, hey, my she gets she got an uh, email from Crash Plan. And it's like, hey, you're, you're, we haven't seen your PC in five days. And she was like, is that a problem? Well, I'm like, yeah, it's a problem. It's not backing up. Right. And she's like, well, what, what do I do? And I'm like, come on. I, seriously. Can are, are we we're, this is it feels like 1997 at this point. Can can we can we not make this thing fix itself? Like it, can it, is it, are, are we really at a spot where that application can't fix itself? And then it, it, Kevin, it gets me thinking my PC here and in, in my router knows exactly my network traffic all the time. We have nest thermostats that sit on the wall that are this big and they know more about me than my computer does that I'm on all the time that has right. a thousand times more compute power. Why are we not, why can't my, why can't that all fit together with my backup? And the backup says, you know, it, it says, hey, chances are these are not your busy hours. And I'm going to take care of your backup for you and make sure everything is there. But I'm not going to do it right in the middle of your podcast. And I know I can set times, <laughs> but why do I have to? Like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things now. You're like, why can't we be there now? Why, why are we still fiddling around with these things in the areas of, of like backup and compute? When those are two basic functions we've been talking about for 15 years, and yet my Nest thermostat can get my temperature in my house right. So I think we need to start applying, I think, in some of those areas, we need to start applying some of that same, you know, God, Microsoft can't say the term machine learning enough right now. It's everything, everything that comes out of somebody's mouth at Microsoft is machine learning, machine learning. How about we get some machine learning on that? You know, it can't be that hard. Well, and a couple of <clears throat> couple of good notes in the in the chat, and and I think what a lot of this hits on too is as when I look at um, 
my wife's niece is in veterinary school right now. So you know, she's mid twenties and everything I, I was helping her with an issue she was having with her laptop uh, or her surface surface too. Uh, and it, it's amazing how many kids in college have a surface two or a surface three or a surface three pro and take all their notes in one note. And it's all in one drive. And, you know, we were talking about up and she initially was like, I don't think I've ever backed it up. And then I get to looking at it. I said, well, when we first set this up for you, we just figured you'd put everything in one drive and you have. So all your stuff is in the cloud. Should you have another copy of it? Yeah, you probably should, but they, they've kind of, them kids out there, they don't even <laughs> think about this stuff. Cause... Well, it, you, no, you're right. And Kent says in chat, I think more are going to cloud. More, more people are going to cloud computing. So my, you know, my rants probably that shows how old I am and get off my lawn, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. here. I am here. I am complaining. The PCs that we've left the PC era for most for the most part. Mike, you and your buddies, they're all putting things in the cloud, right? I and I am too. I don't really think about my documents. I do think about pictures, and I want to keep those close and local. And I want to edit them locally and some of those kinds of things. So, you know, that and music and big podcast files and some of those kinds of things. So maybe I'm a little late to that game when we think about it. So Ken says that. And then Peter makes an inter- interesting point, too. He says the downside to what I'm talking about with this one device is you make a single threaded, you know, you make a single thread uh, point and, I, you know, a failure. And I'd say, great. Well, then it should be smart enough to be able to distribute that, too. So if the Xbox fails, it should be able to move those services onto other things. Mm -hmm. We got enough devices to do that. I mean, I just, in everything, everything is is powerful enough to be able to handle most of that. Now, certainly you you wouldn't want to do video encoding full-time on a MacBook Air, right? (laughs) Right? You just don't want to do that. But you could do... You know, I, I think we can just be smarter and we're getting really good with lights and we're getting really good with locks and we're getting really good with sensors, water sensors. Um, I think those things are really pretty cool and we're getting some good stuff along those lines, but mm-hmm. we're not advancing. I mean, I, as much as Microsoft would like to tout it, I think this, the, I think there are still some key things in the PC world that it could do better with artificial intelligence and AI. Again, I, I want to vomit a little bit because that's all I've heard from them recently. Uh, that could be that could that could be better. So, anyways, all right. End of rant. Sorry about that. I would agree. Well, um, we we actually uh, we we have uh, we have plenty of things to talk about, but we have used up uh, kind of our time on this. Kevin, let me ask you real quick: Are you in? in I mentioned a few of these. Are you using any um, home automated locks or sensors from a like water or movement or some of those kinds of sensors in your home? Uh, yes, I am. And uh, what I just pasted in the show notes there, I put links under there. We'll try and clean them up a little bit of the of the things I'm currently using at home. So uh, Schlage uh, uh, Z-Wave based locks for front door and uh, garage, the door into the house from the garage. Um, great locks, the handle 20, 30 below temperatures just fine. So those work great. Um had the, the water leak problem posted in the Facebook group, uh, John, I think it was. Um, so the two main water sensors I use is one from uh, two different types. One, one looks like a little little brick, a little 
box about the size of a Tic Tacs, a little bit bigger than that. And there's two sensors on the bottom of it. So those are nice ones to put on the floor where, see in the basement where if you have a water problem or under a sink or refrigerator with an ice maker um, under the water heater, something where water might pool up and you'd want to sense that those, those, uh, um, the smart things makes those, uh, other folks make them. And then the other device I've listed under water sensors is one that's more of a probe. It's a small box with a cable and two prongs. Um, and I've got one of those on the floor drain in the basement because we have a, a bit of an issue here, uh, occasionally where, um, our sewage line going out to the road, there's a big tree that that line goes right underneath. So about every two to three years, we have to have rotor rooter come out. And usually after you've, uh, everybody in the house has taken a shower and done two, three loads of laundry that backs up. So it's very handy to have that sensor on there. Um, i trying to think what else I threw in there. Um, in addition to the door locks, um, door uh, Dave McCabe uh, got he and I got hooked up with this uh, company out of Sweden, I think it was, that does these extremely thin, um, sensitive strips. Uh, so you can put them in the door jam itself. So one of the things with the automation aspect is, um, you know, being able to lock the door, know the door is locked, but it's also, do you know the door is closed or not? So these contact related sensors are really handy for that type of stuff of being able to um, tell that the door is shut. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we uh, here, here at Home Gadget Geeks, we try to, I always kind of say we're the, we're the shotgun effect on this stuff. Never going to go very <laughs> deep, but we talk a lot about it. And hey, we get to talk about our opinions, which is pretty awesome. I love to do that as well. You've been, uh, you've joined Dave a little bit. You mentioned Dave. Uh, I would recommend if you're more into home automation, you want to talk about this. We didn't talk about mesh networking at all. Dave has spent quite a bit of time on that, on Reset. So if you have not checked out the Reset podcast, you might want to add that to, we've talked about it here. I know many of the listeners here are listening to that. But if you're new to Home Gadget Geeks and you haven't caught Reset, I mentioned Richard Gunther and Home On. That has actually become my most favorite home automation podcast. Richard just is thorough. He's fair. He does. He has great guests. He gets a. He gets really good industry guests to come on. Uh, Molly Wood was just on his program, and so I'm going to one up him with Veronica Belmont. So I raise his Molly Wood <laughs> to one Veronica Belmont. She'll be coming on here in a couple of weeks to talk about bots. But um, Richard does a nice job. So home on. If you haven't been listening to the home on podcast that might be a good one to listen to mike any any other podcast you're listening to right now from a tech i know you're super busy at work but you got any other tech podcasts you would add besides uh, what i mentioned you know i have been all audible audiobooks nice i have not well we listen to s town which is not a tech podcast at all yeah, 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 on yeah. one of our trips but besides that i have been all audiobooks i've, I've fallen out of the loop Okay, no problems. Kevin, any, uh, Kevin, uh, we, we are seeing, you can tell her that we are, she's now a star. <laughs> she's made it on the podcast, which is awesome, by the way. You're having one of those moments, right, where you're trying to do an interview and the kids are coming in. That's pretty cool. Oh, no worry. No worry. That's good. Kevin, um, any podcast you'd recommend that you're listening to that I didn't mention? You know, um, Chris Comp. And I'm spacing the name of his podcast right now. I was trying to bring up Pocket Cast quickly to see what that was. If I find it, that's uh, uh, a, a definitely a good one. He does home automation stuff as well. Richard Gunther's one of my favorites. Um, Hometech.fm is another one. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and actually, one I'm listening to a lot lately has nothing to do with home automation. But if you like old time science fiction, there's a podcast called Relic Radio. Science fiction Relic Radio. It's the old science fiction radio shows from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and it's it's really really cool stuff. Awesome. No, that's good. I I, I'll, I would be um I would be wrong if I didn't mention Rich Hay and Windows Observer. Rich, mm-hmm. I think, is killing it if you're a Microsoft fan, and uh, he's doing a great job traveling a lot more, going a lot more to the conferences. So, Rich, is, we've had Rich on here several times, and uh, that's a good one to catch up on as well. So, we got a few, if you haven't listened to him, a few to add to your uh, to your bucket list of things to listen to on the podcasting. Well, with that, we'll wrap it. We'll stay around for a little bit of post-show if you want to, if you're out there in the live program. Again, you can't get the post-show unless you've come to the live show. I did, Mike, think about maybe making post-show available as a Patreon thing. I was wondering if you were going to consider that. I, 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 and then I, I kind of thought, well, that's another thing to make and it's another thing to manage and I just need another thing to manage like I need a hole in my head. So... Right. It's like a raspberry pie. I just don't need it at this point. So I thought about, I don't know, if people said, no, I would, I'd, if you know, for a, for a buck, let's just say, I think that's the minimum to get it on Patreon. I'd love to be able to get a copy of the post show. I, it was just one of those things. Sometimes the post show is great. Sometimes it's just terrible. Right. So it's a crapshoot, right? You just don't, I mean, I'd love but to think of it. a lot of times, you know, I found that even, I don't, because there are some, I used to subscribe to a lot of Patreon people just for the post show. And I just, I didn't care what they were talking about. I just liked the non-polished banter back and forth between the hosts sometimes. Like even just the stuff yeah. they would say to each other, which is kind of funny and entertaining right. for some reason. I don't know why. All right. Well, we'll put it out to vote. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, tweet it to me, whatever. If you're interested, if you would listen to the post show, let me know. I think if enough people say it, uh, maybe we'll make it available. Enough people badgered me about a video RSS, large or large RSS feed, large video RSS feed. I eventually did that one too. So if you want to, if you're interested, send me an email. Don't put it in the chat room. Send me an email, Jim at the average guy TV. And uh, I don't know. Well, let's just, let's take a poll, quick poll in the chat room. We'll talk about that in the post show chat room of those that are out there. How many of you would just do a, a, the basic $1 subscription on Patreon to get the post show? So we'll throw that out there as, a, as an option. These guys, Mike, these guys in the chat room, they're pretty cheap. They're, I'm, I'm <laughs> well, say, and they get it for free because they're here every week. They're like, well, that's, they're, they're going to say that. Every week, they're, they're yeah. <laughs> that's just what I'm saying. So, no, they're great guys. So we always appreciate, you know, we got a great crew out there. Peter, another Jim, Mark. Kevin, of course, who joins us uh, both here on the program as well as in the pro- in the uh, the post show or the chat room. Uh, Tony uh, clearly sees out there. Ken, Emily uh, always join us. Uh, we didn't see Brian tonight. There's a bunch of that always join us out there. We appreciate you doing that. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out the average guy to TV live. Don't forget, we talked about Patreon. I won't talk about it anymore. Amazon affiliate link. If you're buying on Amazon, it's out there on the site. I gave you my email address already. I will remind you. That the platform, both video and web hosting, all that hosting is available from Maple Grove Partners. Go to maplegrovepartners.com. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. By the way, the president of Maple Grove Partners graduates from University of Maryland this Monday. So I will be in Washington, D.C. to see him graduate and party with his family, see Gary and those guys. And so it's exciting times. Ashton, too, who was on Cyber Frontiers for a year, uh, will be graduating the same day. So those guys are graduating from college. We can congratulate them if you think. If you think about it, send them a note uh, and congratulate uh, both those guys, especially Christian. He's been a big part of what we do. He's kind of behind. He is the infrastructure that's behind a lot of the things we do. So send him a note 
and congratulate him as well. Don't forget, if you want to download the, the free mobile app available for you, you can get that at home, gadgetgeeks.com. We'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv. We will, for the Veronica Belmont interview in two weeks, we will be moving that to 9 p.m. Central, just to give you a warning. We need to move it an hour later. She's on the West Coast, and and that would have been too early for her. So I'll let you know via Twitter, and you can keep up with, with, with us on that one. We're excited. Mike, I'd actually like everyone to come out that night. Like uh, she's just a big yeah. deal and I oh, love for, for everybody sure. to come out and have a full chat room. And that would be very cool just uh, to see the community support. So if you've never watched a live show, that might be the one to watch. I should probably give you the date of that because these are time shifted and blah, 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 blah. So she is coming out 313, 6th, that would be uh, June 8th of 2017. She'll be here. So if you can be here live June 8th, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. But that is just 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Ken, that'll be good for you. Uh, and you'll be able to make it out there. We'd love to have you come out as well. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.